Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your favorite quarterback hater, Robert Mathis, and you're listening to the For the Culture Podcast. This is the For the Culture Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, with my man, Jason Spears. The third and final week of the preseason, Friday night, 7 o'clock in Detroit, Colts, Lions, the Colts 2-0. The first time, I think, in 27 years, Jim Mercer tweeted that the Colts are 2-0. And I joked, if we go 3-0, we might as well pack it up and get ready for draft season. You don't want to go 2-0, 3-0 in previous years, 4-0 in the preseason. I feel like it's almost bad luck going into the year. I think the one year, it might have been the Lions. Was it the Lions? They went 4-0 in the preseason, and then they went 0-16 in the regular season? Yep, it was 100% the Lions. <laughs> So it's almost like you really want the Colts to lose tomorrow night. There's obviously not going to be many, if any, starters starting tomorrow night. And the starters that do start, if there's a handful of guys, are not even starters, but everyday players, household names, maybe backup guys that we will see a lot on Sundays in backup roles, you won't see those guys play many snaps tomorrow night if they do get to start in Detroit. So it's week three of the preseason, but it's not your traditional week three dress rehearsal for week one, then you skip week four. This is essentially the week four, even though the NFL gave us time off and gave all the teams time off in between week three of the preseason and the first game, teams are still treating it like it's the final week four preseason game of previous years you're not going to see a lot of starters we will see the backups though and the backup quarterbacks who look like they will be backup quarterbacks come week one with the progress of Carson Wentz practicing the final three days of training camp and looking really good out there so before we even get into the week three game preview for tomorrow night I want to touch on some of the things this week because we never had a chance to talk about it and Carson Wentz coming back looking strong Nelson coming back from the same injury and Kelly coming back as well. So we're finally starting to get healthy at the right time. Obviously, none of these players playing tomorrow night. And then you have a full almost extra week, like a bye week in between week three of the preseason and week one of the regular season to get these guys ready for week one against the Seattle Seahawks. No question, man. It's great. And and listen, I don't know if I ever said this on the show, but I, I was told pretty early that it was a four to six week injury and that Wentz would probably be back at the latest by the Tennessee game. And they were hoping by the by the Rams game. So he's done even better than even they thought he would do in his rehab. So he's going to be he's going to be ready for week one out barring any setbacks. And that's what we all wanted. It's important that we see Eason go out there and play, but at the end of the day, this is Carson Wentz's team. It's very encouraging that he's out there playing. I saw him more than anything else. I mean, obviously he's he's got a live arm and he's he was he's made some great throws and all that, but the the way he was moving around gave me a lot of comfort knowing that he, he's not just gonna be a you know, a sitting duck out there. He's he can move around and, and the foot's feeling good. So that's a huge, huge weight off of my shoulders and off of any fan's shoulders because this is the guy. So getting him back and ha- and he's going to have a full week of practice before the Seattle game, game plan. It's not going to be a rushed thing, so that's huge. I always thought Quentin was going to be back, and then obviously Cali coming back is huge. I mean, it's really – you couldn't really ask for a better scenario, to be quite honest, and we're not used to good scenarios around here. So mm-hmm. – Having those guys back is, is really great. Getting Darius back playing is good. 
it's just that time of the year, man. It's time to really ramp it up and get ready to go because the Colts can't afford to come out flat this year. Their schedule is brutal coming out the gate, and uh, they want to have all their best guys out there. So it's a good feeling. It's a good sight. Wentz has looked pretty damn good out there. But as far as this game goes, I, I am looking forward to seeing the back-end guys and how they play. Eason, obviously, is going to be behind more of a makeshift backup line. But you're also going to see guys compete to make the team. I don't think Sam Tevy is a lock to make this team as bad as he's been. So he's going to have to play a hell of a lot better in this game than he's played in the previous two to even sniff this roster. So I'll be interested to see the competition on the offensive line, how Easton rebounds from last week, how Ellinger rebounds from last week. Obviously, it's not going to be to just start in the first week, but it is going to be to be the backup to Carson Wentz, who has had injury issues throughout his career. Sadly, it's already reared its head once for us. So those guys got to go out there and play well. But as far as the things that we've heard this week, I mean, we got flu spec. So everything everything is, is, is pointing in the positive direction. So really excited about, you know, week one, the season, the way guys have bounced back from injuries. And this is the final tune-up. So I'm excited to see the backup players go out there and do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. And – just getting back to Carson Wentz one more time before we move on into this game. I always feel like the Colts, when they're wrong about a timetable, it's always the other way. It's always, well, it's a three- to four-week injury. They're out eight weeks. Oh, it's an eight- to nine-week injury. We don't see him for the rest of the season. So to get the five to 12 weeks, although that was a massive timetable, to miss that timetable and not be 13, 14 weeks where your season could very well be over – we get it the other way, and it looks like it was a three- to four-week injury, and he's going to be back, or a three- to four-week recovery time from the surgery. And Wentz, well, not only Wentz, but Wentz and Nelson, and we always kind of expected Nelson to recover quicker than Wentz, just given the two guys' histories with injuries and their durability and their toughness and so on and so on. So it's great to get these guys, all three, back. Floos back on the sideline. He'll be coaching tomorrow night. He'll be making his... 2021 preseason debut tomorrow night on the sideline coaching the defense and getting his first live look and last look at these backup guys as they're competing for spots on this roster. I agree with you on Sam Tevy and I don't think he's going to make this roster Jason because to be honest with you why even carry that third tackle while waiting for Fisher to come back why carry that fourth tackle if you include Fisher because if you were to lose Davenport during a game and Holden were to step in, and then if you were to lose both of them during a game or you were to lose Smith during a game, at that point you might as well just move Nelson for that game. You don't want to do that permanently, but for that game we saw in a pinch last year or have Fries play right tackle and just play musical chairs because that roster spot really isn't worth him at this point because he's such dead weight. And then Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, you could easily pick up somebody just as good, if not better than him, most likely better than him because it's kind of hard to be worse than him off the waiver wire. So there's really no point to carry that dead weight waste of a roster spot given how bad he's been this summer. A hundred percent. There's no reason to. He's terrible. Listen, I thought he would be a little bit below average. I always thought he was a solid run blocker, but, a, you know, really below average pass blocker. But he's been so much worse than I ever imagined, and Davenport's been better than I thought he would be. So 
it's interesting because it, it just shows you, you, you think you know something and you, you really don't know. I don't know how Tevi started all those games in L.A. He, he literally, I've seen him get picked up and thrown by multiple guys. <laughs> and it's, it's just scary to watch because your quarterback is just, he's got no coverage. Yeah. So watching him just kind of unravel, I mean, he's been worse than he put on film for the, for the chargers. I mean, it's, and he was bad there. He hasn't done anything well. He started off with the first team. Now I think he's with the third team. I agree with you. I, you could pick somebody better off the, off the street or off of somebody else's waiver you know, uh, or somebody else's release or whatever, because there's going to be a ton of guys released. I mean, they're going from 85 to, to 53, 32 teams are doing that. And there's definitely going to be guys. If you really want to have that third tackle that are way better than him. So I don't know. I don't, I don't know if he's, if it's even salvageable, if he can even save a spot on on the roster by having a good game this week, but I don't expect that. I don't, I don't expect him to play well. He hasn't played well in any of the, training camp and he hasn't played well in any of the games so i expect that to kind of be the same deal this week i just hope he doesn't get eason killed or ellinger killed because it's just not worth it yep it's kind of like one of the whatever that saying is if it looks like a blank if it talks like a blank if it walks like a blank it's a blank yep. so that's like he's just dead weight he is what he is because it's not like it's not even like he's had great camps and then looked awful in the games or had a terrible camp but looked decent in the game like he's just been bad Bad on the practice field, bad in camp, bad in one-on-ones, bad in 11-on-11, awful in 11-on-11. I mean, Bambanagu's racking up five, six sacks of practice, it seems like, and then terrible in the game. So there's really nothing there, and I hate to say it. Like, you want to give some type of positive reinforcement for a guy, but there's just nothing there. And it's crazy because this man started, I think, 44 games at left tackle for an NFL franchise, started at left tackle 44 games for an That's NFL insane. franchise, and protected a Hall of Fame quarterback with no mobility, which is just nuts to think about. And then, Yeah, he would have been great in the Grigson era, though. You know, he would have been... Oh, uh, man. He'd be in the ring of yeah, honor right now. <laughs> I mean, literally, that guy would have been, you know, he would have been our... He would have been left tackle, but he probably would have been our right tackle. He uh, Grigson would have loved him. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's honestly a Grigson kind of guy. He does everything the wrong way. It's true. It is true. I mean, he's – I mean, even his run blocking. I mean, I don't mean to turn us into Sam Tevy Roast because I'm sure he's a nice guy and all that. <laughs> but his run blocking has been like the thing that's been solid for that guy. And he just – it's not been good at all. I mean, he's just – I don't know. There Maybe there's something going on with him we don't know about. I mean, I have no idea. But he just hasn't looked even remotely NFL caliber you know, since we've seen him in Indianapolis and it's too bad. We were hoping maybe he would be good enough to step in and be the guy, but Julian Davenport stepped up and done a pretty solid job. Mm -hmm. Not great by any stretch, but he certainly earned the start in the first week. But as far as Sam Tevy goes, man, uh, whoo, not been good. Nope. And we thought Sam Tevy would be better. We thought he would be the starter until Fisher got back or they would go out and get somebody else. We thought Davenport would be worse and we'll eat the crow. I mean, we have no problem eating the crow. Not that we went on this, you know, ledger where we were like, oh, my God, Sam Tevy's great. Like, we knew all these options were bad. But you got to give credit where credit's due to Davenport. And I feel like this everywhere on the roster, whether it's the kicker with Blankenship 
and Panero, and obviously Blankenship wins that battle, or it's Eason and Ellinger battling for the backup spot or battling for a spot period or battling to start week one, whatever that might be with those two quarterbacks or even the tackle with Tevi Davenport Holden. It's never a bias. Like I like this guy more. So I want this guy to win. It's always who's the best player, which left tackle gives me the best chance to win. Who's going to keep the pocket, the cleanest, who's going to open the biggest holes. Who's going to be the best option until Fisher gets back at the quarterback spot. Ellinger, Easton, who gives us the best chance to go 1-0? Who gives us the best chance to go 2-0? Who gives us the best chance to hold serve even at 1-1 opposed to 0-2 until Carson Wentz gets back? Kicker, same thing. Who gives us the best chance to win? Who's going to make the most kicks? Who's going to be the most consistent? Who's going to make everything from 45 and in? Who's going to be the guy that doesn't miss extra points like Venetari in 2019. So that's what we're looking for. We're just looking for the best. I don't care that Blankenship was here last year. I don't care that he seems like a great guy. I don't care that Easton was here last year. I don't care that Holden was here last year. If somebody comes in and they're better than those guys, well, I want the best guy. That's just the way I wanted to. I want the best guy to win those jobs. And those are three spots that I feel like we've been, I guess, looking at as competition this offseason and paying close attention to in the preseason, as well as the wide receiver position, same concept. I like Patman. He was here last year, but if a guy comes in like Strawn and he's just better, he's just flat out better, I'm going to want him to win the job because that's what competition's all about. doesn't matter where you were <laughs> last year. If you're better, then you deserve the spot. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned wide receiver because I think that's a great competition. I really believe, and this is just my opinion, that it's down for the sixth spot is down to Patman and Doolin. And I think Patman's going to win. And the reason why is they've been playing him as a gunner. Doolin is an exceptional play, you know, special teams player, but they, I, I really think they like Patman and he's, he played in the Minnesota game as a gunner. They've been, he's been practicing as a gunner. Uh, you've got George Odom also, who's a all pro special teams player. I think it comes down to Doolin and Patman. And because Patman not only gives you a guy that can, that can catch passes. He's also been, you know, playing gunner on special teams. And Reich has said repeatedly that's going to play a role in who he keeps. And the fact that they've been, you know, using Patman as a gunner in previous, you know, preseason games shows me that they're trying to get a look at him. He's done. He was all. He's been solid. He hasn't been great. He's not as good as Doolin, obviously, on special teams. But I think you get a lot more from Patman as a receiver than you would get from Doolin. So. That's a matchup I'm watching. I don't even know. I'll be honest, Luke. I don't think I've seen Doolin play this whole offseason. I, I don't think I've noticed him or anything. I don't know if he's even played. Has he played? I feel like he has played in the preseason games, but I definitely don't remember him on offense. Like, I don't right. think he's had a reception. Sometimes I lose focus in the fourth quarter of these preseason games. But then usually I look at the stats afterwards just to refresh myself, and I don't think I've seen him on the box score. But I'm sure he's played. Like I'm sure he's played in some aspect. Another thing is I think out of the two, the more likely you'd be able to stash on the practice squad yeah, definitely. is definitely Doolin, not Patman, because people know like Patman has put on, he's put it on film this this preseason. I don't think. If we left, you know, if we released him or cut him, I, I think somebody would pick him up. There's just too much to Absolutely. like about him. So, and you could take it I, one I think, step 
I'm sorry, you could take it one step further, Jason. Going back to last year, we never released him as if Ballard knew the word on the street is teams liked him in the draft right. and he stole right. him in the sixth round. And even without a preseason, if you were to cut him, he was on multiple teams' radars. So, And now, on top of it, he has good film from this preseason cycle through the two games, and I'm sure he'll play tomorrow night and play well again. So that will be three games of good film. And I don't think the Colts take a chance. So I agree with you. I think they carry six, or we know they carry six, and I think it's going to be Patman as well. Yeah, the only I guess the only wild card is if they somehow decide to carry seven. But I just he hasn't done that, I don't think, in his entire time here at Indy. Reich, that is. I think they go six, try to get maybe DeMichael Harris and Vaughns on – and Doolin, probably all three of them on the practice squad. I mean, they're all they're all really – I mean, solid young players. So, as far as – especially as far as receivers go with Harris and Vaughns, they showed me a lot. And then, obviously, Doolin is an exceptional special teams player. So, I think they're going to try to retain all three guys. But, I mean and, – and this is what ha- – we talked about this, Luke, in the beginning. You want to get to the point where you're cutting good players. Yep. Because your competition level is that high. That means your the level of play is getting higher. Yeah. You don't it's want funny. to be, be in a point where you're struggling to fill out position groups. And that's yeah. kind of where we were when Wright got here because of what was – I mean, we were barren with talent, really, outside yep. of a few positions uh, when Wright and Ballard came in. So – Especially Ballard the first year. I mean, it was I mean it was Pagano, so it was, there's not <laughs> anything there. But the second year, you know, was a little better, and and uh, but it was still you were you were struggling kind of fill out certain position groups. And I think we're to the point where it's a competition on the back end of every like a good high level competition on the back end of every position group on this team, and that's where you want to be. Yeah, that's where you want to be, and I think we're there. I would say except left tackle, as we just talked about, it's the reverse of the receiver. We're probably going to cut Tevi, and it's like the opposite problem. You wish you were cutting a good player, but you're going to have to cut a bad player, and you don't really have a great starting option until Fisher gets back. And then at receiver, it's the opposite problem where we have an abundance of NFL caliber guys. Like You could cut Harris, and he could easily end up on a week one roster for somebody else. And Vaughn's could end up on a roster at some point, maybe not week one, but at some point during the season for another team. And the same thing with Doolin, if a team needs a gunner. We had a who's that good gunner we had a couple years ago and then he went to Tennessee? Oh man. Oh Mitch. That's a great point. Mitch. It was like Miss something. Mitch, Mitt, Milt. Oh, Chris Milton. That's Milton, right. Yeah. yeah. Milton. Yeah. Yeah. He was so, really good. Yes. Yeah, he was so a great corner. Was... He didn't play a lot on defense, but the second we cut him, he was on the Titans' radar because we play in their division. They know he's a good gunner. Obviously, since then, George Odom has emerged as an elite gunner, and we have other guys like Doolin who stepped in and played well over the years as well, but he wouldn't be a guy that I would be stunned if somebody were to pick up if they need help on special teams. And we were one of the best, if not the yeah, best special tough. teams team in the league last year. Yeah, we're really good on special teams. I think we're going to be even better this year, honestly. I think I, I like a lot of what we're I – lo, I love our special teams coach. I think he does an outstanding job. It's funny. I was just going to – I was just thinking about this. I was just going to mention, like, Chester Rogers and Marcus Johnson are in contention to make the Tennessee Titans roster yeah. right now. Marcus Johnson's my guy. I can't believe they picked him up, man. I, 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 I forgot think about Marcus Johnson. He was great two, for the, us last year. 
Yeah, and, and the, out of the two, I think Marcus is going to make the team, which is good for me because I'm a big Marcus guy, but also bad for me because he's playing for our biggest rival right yeah. now. So um, that kind of sucks. But my point is that we've kind of we, – we built our – the last few years, we really built up our competition at other positions outside of quarterback other than left tackle. I think that's more of an exception than anything else mm-hmm. because he hasn't really added players there other than scrubs. I mean, he hasn't dra- he hasn't used any draft ta- you know capital really, and he hasn't wor- went out and spent on. Uh, I mean, he did go out and spend on Fisher. I will give him that, but he's hurt, so he hasn't going to play for a little bit of time. So it's kind of the exception to the rule. Really, everywhere else there's competition and solid competition, and uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to see these guys go out. And honestly, it's not even just about the Colts. I, I would love to see all these a lot of these guys that are fringe cuts that aren't ever going to be on our roster, make another team because it, it looks good for our front office. Obviously I don't want to lose guys like the Michael Harris or, you know, Tyler Vaughn's or Ashton Doolin, but at the same time, that's the game, you know? Um, and you just have to, you got to pick the best players. You got to live with it and we'll figure it. I trust Ballard. I mean, at the end of the day, I trust Bauer to bring the right guys in here. I don't, I'm not saying that those guys aren't the right guys. I'm saying that the guys that are, probably going to beat them out are the right guys so um it's it's going to be an interesting game i wonder if it's going to be like an eason one quarter ellinger one quarter and then give brett hunley a whole half because he hasn't had any playing time but who knows i mean i he i don't think reich has said so i don't know but i'm really going to be watching like that third linebacker spot the you know backup safety guy i mean i think that i think cheshire has the best chance at that but at the back, you know, I also want to see the two Davis boys, but the Sean Davises play a little bit more. Love what Andrew Brown's done at defensive tackle. I think he's been a revelation out there as a backup. I really hope he makes the team. We picked him up from off of waivers from the Texans to start the offseason. Really kind of a nondescript pickup at the time. But he's just tore it up in camp, man. He's had a great training camp. He's been great on film in the first two games. I mean, Stallworth hasn't been on the field. So really that much. So Brown, I think, really has a good chance chance to make this team. I like the kid from USC that's backing up there as well, Antoine Woods. So we have a lot of interesting players. Obviously, then you go into the Banigou, Alquadine, Kamoko. Those guys are probably going to play a little bit. And you want to see them continue to play well. Uh, I think we're set, though. I think we're good. Maybe, you know, maybe not set at, at safety. I think they need to see a little bit more, but I think – Cheshire, because he can play corner, nickel, and free, I think he's got a really good shot of making the roster. It's going to be an interesting roster. I think there's going to be some surprises. I don't know who they're going to be, but I just have a feeling there's going to be some players that maybe make it or don't make it that Colts are going to be, Colt fans are going to be kind of shocked by. Yeah, and what do you think about Ellinger? Do you think they're going to carry the three quarterbacks? Because I think this might be a huge game for him because he threw three picks the first two games on 20 passing attempts. I think if he throws a pick or two, it's going to be hard to carry him because at this point, if you have a guy who you drafted in the sixth or seventh round, wherever they got Ellinger, and he throws four picks on less than 40 passing attempts in three preseason games against mostly backups – there's really no reason to keep him on the roster because you could easily get him back to the practice squad because nobody's going to pick him up at that point. You know what I mean? That is a great question. What I would do and what they're, I think they're going to do, I think, are two different things. 
I would probably waive him and sign him immediately back to the practice squad. What I think they're going to do, just based on the things that I've heard and just how much I know Reich loves Ellinger, I think they're going to keep three quarterbacks. I really do. I, I wouldn't do it myself, but I think that's what they're going to do. Yeah, only and because I did, you could eat. I don't see any way you lose him. I think you automatically get him back to the practice squad. That's why I would do it. Because anybody you know is not going to play, but you know you could get back, to me there's no reason not to take that shot. I mean that's a that's a that's a fair point, but you 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 don't really know if there's a team that really likes this guy as like it's I don't I don't know what the backup situation is in the league. Honestly, I'm not going to see her and act like I know every team's backup. But I, I, I the one concern I would have is that there is a team out there that's seen his film now that he's put out there. And yes, you're you're right. He's thrown three interceptions and in, in, you know 28 passes. That's not good. But he's done some other things that are really good. And, That's true. You know, and teams look at that. If they see some kind of, say, mechanical issue that they think they can fix, they're going to take a chance. I mean, because you're not really – what are you really giving up? You're not giving up anything. If you have a bad backup quarterback, I mean, why not take a flyer on it? So I, I think I, I can kind of see both sides, but I'm like it's tough because I do like him. But at the same time, man – Keeping that third guy is keeping an, a, an extra special teams guy off the field, an extra, you know, an, an extra body that could really help us win. Wherein most likely he's not going to. He's probably going to either not dress, or if he does, he's never going to play. So it's a very, it, you know, that's a very, that's a great question and one I hadn't really thought too much about. But when you get into the intricacies of it, it's a really good question because yeah. I do think. Ellinger is going to be a solid player. I didn't think it was going to be immediately. I think it's going to take some time. But I also like, you know, I do like Eason's physical tools better. So, I mean, it. this is why Ballard gets paid the big bucks, man, because it's not as – now that I sit here and think about it, it's not as easy a decision as I kind of thought it was when I first thought about it yeah. because you just don't know now – because now there's film. Like he now he's played against, you know, both good and bad, but he's played against NFL defenses. He's played against NFL caliber players. So there could be a coach out there, McVay or somebody like that, that's like, wow, I really like this guy. He's mobile, he's smart, he got their offense down. And if we fix this, this, and this, or fix a couple of things that I see on film, this guy could be a real, real good player. So it's a risk. I mean, because I, I know Reich really likes this guy. I think the Colts will keep him on the 53, but I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. So I basically just gave you a 10-minute answer and didn't really answer your question. But but for well, me, I probably would release him, but I think they're going to keep him. Yeah, I'll give you one more reason that I just thought of while you were talking about why I would probably release him. When is enough enough? Like, how long do you carry three quarterbacks for? Do you carry them for two, three, four years where you have three guys on your roster that play the same position where you hope to never see the second, let alone the third? Because I think back to last year, yeah, you carried Eason, but you carried Eason with a 40-year-old quarterback who you knew was probably going to retire, if not next year or the year after, and you knew at that time Jacoby was done. So you figure... 
okay, our 40-year-old is going to play one more year next year at 41, and we'll have Eason as the backup, or he'll retire, and we're going to let Jacoby walk regardless, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do. Now, giving up what could be a first-round pick and multiple other assets for Wentz, you hope he's your quarterback for... And at his age, I think he's 27 or 28 years old. You hope he's your quarterback for five plus years, but let's just say three to five years for argument's sake. And then you have Eason as your backup, who you view maybe as your backup, at least through the end of his rookie contract. How long are you going to keep that third quarterback if you don't see his ceiling surpassing Eason? So to me, unless... You want three quarterbacks and you want to isolate one with COVID just in case two were to go down so you don't have a Denver Broncos situation. That's exactly what I was just going to say. That's exactly what I was just going to say. That might be the COVID. Yeah. The COVID thing is not going away. So I think that might be the reason he ends up getting kept. Because if you notice that, (laughs) Jason, if you actually noticed, Ellinger is vaccinated and he always has a mask on. So maybe the Colts are like, you're our like guinea pig backup backup option. We're keeping you healthy no matter what because God forbid the other two go down. We need you to be out there so we're not the Broncos from a year ago with yeah. Desmond Patton starting DeMi- at quarterback. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see DeMichael Harris playing quarterback for us. Like, <laughs> So I think that that might actually be the reason he gets kept because the COVID thing – you do not want to get caught in a situation where you're playing a, a position player at quarterback. You have mm-hmm. no chance to win. It's not fair to the guy. The the way the NFL just – I don't want to get into this because it's a whole nother ball of wax, but they just bungled a lot of things with that last year. I thought the way the Broncos were treated was not fairly. So it is what it is. I, I do think that – it's a. I mean, COVID is a real – it's a reality. You know, vaccinated, unvaccinated, people are getting it you're probably going to have to deal with it going through your team at some point or maybe different position groups or whatever. You got, you just, you want to have that guy. You want to have a guy that knows the offense and you don't want to risk losing him because then you got to bring in another guy and you don't know if he's going to be as good and he's, or as good of a player or if he's going to be able to memorize the offense. So I think that might be the end result. You might be right about that as far as just like, you know, well, actually, I guess I said it, but, <laughs> I think maybe I'll take that credit for it. No, I didn't. I said. More it. Than... I think I said it. I well, think I yeah, said it, yeah, and then yeah, you, you said that's right. And, and then like, you I'm said gonna... that I was going to say that. So yeah, at the like... end of the at the end of the day, Jason, I feel <laughs> yeah. like that'll be the reason the Colts give, even if the real reason is just that Reich has some weird love affair with Ellinger, and he fell in love with him, and he likes the grit, and he likes all those Chuck words about him and he's a Christian. He just completely connects with this kid and he loves this kid. Even if that's the reason, the reason the Colts might give if they were to ever give the reason would be COVID. And that would be a good reason because you don't want to be the Broncos from a year ago. And the probability of being the Broncos from a year ago is obviously a lot higher this year because no games will be postponed. So last year, other teams could have been the Broncos if they were postponed, if they weren't postponing games, but they were postponing left or right until for some reason they got to the Broncos and they completely screwed them over. But this year, nobody's going to get screwed over and everybody's going to get screwed over at the same time because the rules will be even, which they should have been all along. But that's nor here nor there. We're not going to get into that. Tomorrow night, week three of the preseason, the third and final game. Wentz is back at practice. 
Kelly's back at practice. Eberflus is back at practice and will be coaching tomorrow night. Nelson's back at practice. So we're getting healthy at the right time. It sucks that we had this many injuries and illnesses and everything before we even got to week one. But hopefully, knock on wood, we knock a majority of that out before we get to week one and it's behind us and we could go into the season healthier than years past and hopefully we can maintain that for a few weeks because the schedule is not favorable to start the year. We get a playoff team in the Seahawks. We get a playoff team in the Rams. We get the Titans twice in the first couple weeks of the season, which will be our two biggest games of the year. But first things first, tomorrow night, let the backups go out there. Let them compete. The final tryout audition, if you will, for a lot of these guys, scrapping, scratching, and clawing to make this roster. And then we'll be back tomorrow night with the game recap, recap of what we see in the third and final week of the preseason. That's my man, Jason Spears. I'm your host, Luke Diamond, and this is the For the Culture Podcast. Today's episode of the For the Culture Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Canadips CBD. They are the nation's leader in tobacco and nicotine-free dip. It's the alternative with cannabis instead of nicotine and tobacco. It's a fast-acting and innovative way to consume CBD that works and tastes great. Plus, you won't have to play sneak at you with your wife during football season, which is right around the corner. And thanks to our friends at Canadip CBD, they present the game of the year. That's right, the game of the year. One winner will be chosen on August 31st. Entry is easy. You just head to Canadip's cbd.com that's c-a-n-n-a-d-i-p-s cbd.com and click the link or visit candidate's main instagram page and look for the blue check mark one winner will be chosen and can bring a plus one to any colts game this regular season that's right they are picking one winner on august 31st to bring a plus one to a colts game of your choosing this regular season but wait there's more airfare for two with luxury hotel and lodging will be included with great seats for the game guys i don't know why you wouldn't head to canadipscbd.com check them out on instagram check them out on twitter canadips that's c-a-n-n-a-d-i-p-s cbd.com it's like dip you put a little bit behind your lip no nicotine, no tobacco, no reason to not go check these guys out and enter to win a free ticket to any Colts regular season game of your choosing. You get to bring a friend, you could bring a girl, you could bring your buddy, you could bring whoever you want. The lodging, the airfare, it's luxurious, it's free. Go to CanadipsCBD.com. We thank our friends at Canadips CBD for sponsoring this episode of the For the Culture Podcast.